A few years ago, I went through a season of intense doubt, even anger at God. And it got to a point where every night as I was doing my quiet time, I would just throw questions at God angrily. And then the craziest thing happened. God began to clearly and directly answer my questions through a list of verses that I had made years earlier and that I was going through one verse at a time as part of my quiet time. Every night I would ask a question and then the verse that was next in the list, the verse for that question would answer my question. And it happened night after night until finally it culminated one night where even as I was asking God my question, part of my brain thought, wouldn't it be funny if the next verse in the list, the verse for tonight, is Lamentations 3, 19 to 24? That would really speak to this issue. Well, guess what the verse was? Lamentations 3, 19 to 24. And in that moment... I felt the presence of God so clearly. I felt like if I just reached out my hand, my fingertips would brush against the Holy Spirit. I knew God was there with me. I felt his presence like I never had before. It was, it was unlike anything else I have ever experienced. A life-changing high point in my faith. Have you ever had one of those incredible mountaintop moments of faith? Have you ever seen God at work so clearly you felt like you could reach out and touch him? Have you caught a glimpse of the glory of God that brought you to your spiritual knees in awe and wonder? Maybe... Maybe you heard him speak to you. Or maybe you saw him miraculously answer a prayer request so clearly. Maybe for you, that moment, whatever it was, was how you came to faith. Or maybe it was part of a longer journey of faith. I bet, though, whenever it happened, whatever it was, I bet that in that moment, you felt like you could never forget it. You felt like you could never forget the awe, the wonder, the certainty of that moment. You knew God was real. You knew God was there, and you knew that he loved you. You knew it, and you felt you could never forget that, just like I felt when I saw Lamentations 3, 19 to 24. But here's the thing. I thought I would never go through another season of doubt, but I have. I've had my doubts in other times. And I bet that you, whenever you had that feeling, you thought you would never again let go of it. You'd never be past it. But I bet that it did fade over time. We never seem to be able to stay on the mountaintop. We never seem to be able to fully and consistently maintain that, that wonder and certainty of faith. Somehow, in spite of those incredible mountaintop moments, we still go through seasons where we don't feel God's presence, times of questioning, uncertainty, and even doubts. And if that is the case, if that feeling always fades, how can we carry that faith from the mountaintop into the plains and even the valleys of life, everyday life? 
You know, there's a reason we call it Mountaintop Faith, and it has to do with our reading for today. Our gospel reading is the transfiguration of Jesus. In our reading, Jesus led a select few of his disciples up to the literal top of a mountain, and there they briefly saw his glory revealed. They heard the voice of God the Father saying, this is my son, my chosen, listen to him. And right before their eyes, they saw Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. This is quite literally a mountaintop experience of faith for Peter, James, and John. They heard God the Father. They saw Jesus' glory. They saw two of the greatest figures of their faith right there in front of them, talking to their teacher. Can you imagine the certainty they felt in that moment? Can you imagine how sure they must have been that Jesus was the Messiah they had been waiting for? That they wanted to follow him for the rest of their lives, no matter what happened. And yet, when they went down from that mountain, the tone of the story in the gospel seems to change. They didn't just go into a literal valley, but into a metaphoric one as well. It's right after this that Jesus began to tell them about his coming suffering and death. Later on, towards the end of the same chapter, it says, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. That very moment of glory and wonder was in so many ways the beginning of Jesus's journey toward the cross. For the disciples, the greatest, most incredible moment of faith that they had had so far came right before the greatest test of their faith that they would ever encounter. Jesus's arrest, suffering, and death. It was like they stepped out of the light of his glory revealed and right away stepped into the shadow of the crucifixion. Peter, James, and John did not get to live on the mountaintop, dwelling and basking in the glory of God. They never even got to set up the tents that Peter wanted to put up. But just because they didn't stay there doesn't mean they lost sight of Jesus. They continued to follow him, not just into the valley, but through it. They continued to follow him as he turned toward Jerusalem, which they all knew would be dangerous for him. They continued to follow him as one after another people came up to become followers, only to turn away when they realized how hard that life would be. The disciples continued to follow him as he taught, as he preached, as he healed people, and as he was accused, as crowds supported him and as crowds condemned him. And even though they did scatter when he was arrested, they came back together again, even though they thought all hope was lost, drawn together by their friendship, sure, but also by the glory of God that they had witnessed. Then they saw him resurrected and they followed him once more. They followed him once they finally began to understand everything he had done and said. They followed him when he reinstated them and when he left them to ascend into heaven. And they followed him as we read in the book of Acts, even as they were persecuted and killed. 
Perhaps on rare moments, they may have again caught glimpses of God's glory, that hidden glory. But as far as we know, those moments were few and far between. Those moments were rare. Much of their life was lived on the plains and valleys of faith, in those moments and days and years between the mountaintops. How did they do it? How did they keep going? How did they hold on to that mountaintop faith? Well, years later, years after the transfiguration and the resurrection and the ascension, the Apostle Peter wrote to believers about the very events we read about today in what we now know as the second letter of Peter. And after sharing about what he had seen and heard, he offers a clue as to how he made it through those subsequent years. He writes, you will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Have you ever experienced a blackout? We get some pretty good thunderstorms around here. Have you ever had one that knocked out your power? What do you do when that happens? Well, you find a light. So maybe you pull out your phone and you use the light from that to find a candle and some matches or maybe just a bigger flashlight, but some sort of light. And then once you have that light, do you treat it carelessly? Do you go, okay, now I have it, and you put it out and you leave it where you could lose it again? Do you put it somewhere you could forget it, knock it over? Of course not. In the darkness, you cling to the light all the more closely, waiting for that power to come back. The valleys and dark places of faith are like that. It can feel like the electricity of our faith has been shut off. The power light is, line is downed and we cannot see a thing. We're walking blind. In that moment, what do we have? Well, we have the light, even if it's just a flickering candle of the memory of what we have seen, of what we have known, of the faith that has been handed down to us. And we must cling to that faith as long as the darkness lasts. Hold on to what you have been taught. Cling to the memories of the mountaintop. Just because the power went out doesn't mean it wasn't there to begin with. Just because you're in a valley now doesn't mean the mountaintop wasn't real. And it doesn't mean you won't get back there again someday. So in the midst of the dark moments, hold on to the light you have. You won't have to hold on to it only forever. Remember, Peter wrote, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Until. The light will come back. And it may first come as another mountaintop moment, a wondrous, dazzling glimpse of God's love and nearness and glory. But perhaps not. Even if you don't have that moment, though, the light will definitely come back in all its fullness when the full glory of God is revealed completely and eternally when Jesus comes back. If you are on the mountaintop right now, enjoy this moment. Bask in it, memorize it, write it down, share it with friends, savor it, and hold on to it. Because one day when you leave that mountaintop and return to the plains, or even the valley of the shadow of death, you want to be able to bring that light with you. And if you're in the valley right now, 
Cling to that light. Remember your mountaintops. Remember the glimpses of glory God has given you. Cling to the faith you were taught. Just because you don't feel it or experience it right now doesn't mean it wasn't real. Doesn't mean it isn't real right now. Carry that candle through the darkness until the electricity comes back, or even better, the dawn finally breaks. Because it will. You see, that is the secret to a faith that endures. Faith doesn't last because it never has trouble, because it never doubts. No. In fact, your faith can grow a great deal stronger because of troubles and doubts. Faith grows stronger. Faith endures when you hold on to what you know to be true, even when it doesn't feel true. The more you cling to the light, the more you carry that light into the darkest moments, the stronger your faith will grow. And you know that would be reason enough to hold on to it. But that's not all that will happen. You see, a candle at noon it's not really noticeable. If one of you right now were to pull out your cell phone and turn on the flashlight on it, I doubt we would even notice. Light in the middle of light blends in, and that's fine. But at midnight, when the power is out, that's another story. A candle in the darkness, a lamp in the night, a cell phone in a thunderstorm can be a lifeline. When you hold on to your faith in the hardest times you face, that is often when it is most obvious to the people around you. That is when it is the strongest testimony to those who don't believe or who are struggling themselves in that moment. Often that is when we as Christians stand out most clearly from non-believers. You know, last night uh, my husband showed me a video and it's a video from Ukraine. And the screen during this video is completely black. There was nothing you could see because the video had been shot in the darkness by a bunch of students who were sheltering from the bombing somewhere underground. But the whole time, even as the screen was dark, you could hear singing because these Ukrainian students were singing the praise song, Mighty to Save. In the midst of the bombing, they were singing Mighty to Save. Now, if we were to sing that this morning, I have no doubt our choir would do a phenomenal job, as always, and it'd be beautiful, and we would enjoy it, and I have every confidence it would bring joy to God. But it wouldn't stand out the way it does when Ukrainian students sheltering from bombs sing it in the darkness. If you are with other people when the power goes out, what happens when one person gets a light? Everyone flocks to that light. Everyone wants to be near the light, to get help, to get their own, or just to be in that light. When we cling to the light of remembering our mountaintop moments, holding on to the faith we have learned, when we cling to that in the midst of our dark times, it not only deepens and strengthens our own faith, but it witnesses to that faith to the people around us. It declares the goodness of God when life doesn't seem good at all. It witnesses the faithfulness of God when it feels like he is nowhere to be seen. And it proclaims the love of God even when we feel like we have been rejected by him. 
The testimony of someone walking through the valley of faith is far, far stronger to someone else stumbling through that low place than the same testimony said by someone shouting it from the mountaintop. As we go into Lent this week, as we leave the light and wonder of the mountaintop of Epiphany, and we descend into the valley and darkness of the journey to the cross, don't forget the mountaintop. Cling to it, knowing that even the incredible height of wonder and glory that we read about today pales in comparison to the glory of God that will be revealed in all its fullness. Amen.